the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thinking about health care these days? Well, you're not alone. And it seems that getting real information about the state of our medical system is tough to come by. That's why you've come to the right place with Dr. Bill, your radio MD. He's got the answers because he's a doctor. I said he's a doctor and he wants to hear from you right now. 877-969-8600. This is AM860, The Answer. And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD, and I'm coming on you at 8.60 a.m., The Answer. And we are an iHeart channel and a Salem channel, so you can catch us on iHeart. And what's our website again, Bill? am860theanswer.com. I got Bill in the studio with me. Actually, I'm doing a remote today, a special show from Louisville, Kentucky. I came up here with my wingman, Ernie Greinke, a doctor friend, and we went to the Derby, oh boy, and to the Kentucky Oaks, which is the Phillies run, the ladies run on Friday. That's the oldest Phillies race in the country, and then the Derby is the oldest, longest-running sporting event in North America, and it's the oldest uh, event for premier three-year-old stallions, thoroughbreds. What a thrill. We had excellent seats. We were sitting in in a suite uh, in the home stretch about 20 yards from the finish line, 30 yards from the finish line, and we could see the whole race in the home stretch coming from the last turn. It's an oval track all the way down to the finish line. I did have an opportunity to speak with a few people, uh, some of the kids that were working uh, the event in our suite, and also a couple of people at our table. And I thought what I would do is play a little bit of that this morning first, and then I'll go into some more detail about how the whole event came down and how the great state of Kentucky is doing. Bill, have you got that queued up for us, bud? All right, let's, let's rip, see how it sounds. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I'm coming at you on 860 AM, WGUL. We are your home for The Answer, and I am at the Kentucky Derby today. We have just had a tremendous race, and the winner was, who was the winner today? Always Dreaming. Always Dreaming was our winner today. Now, if you've never seen the Kentucky Derby or been to the racetrack, it's an amazing event. There were over 150,000 people in attendance today here. This is a mile in, in uh, circumference track, which encloses an infield that's extremely contracted compared to the Indianapolis 500, which is two and a half miles, I believe. So you're talking about a much smaller area, and it is just jam-packed from one rail to the other. The grandstands and all of the suites and boxes and millionaires row were all filled to the brim. What an event. The most exciting two minutes in sports. 
and I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people and make a lot of friends here. And one of my friends is a medical social worker who's on her way to to the great state of Ohio to do her master's. And tell us your name, my dear. Deanna Benson. Deanna, what are you doing with your life, girl? I'm getting ready to go into the master's program after graduating next Saturday. I'm going to focus on policy and advocacy within the sphere of adults with developmental disabilities. Wow, that's a mouthful. I don't think I can pronounce all of that. And so you're also working, I understand, with developmentally disabled adults at this point. Correct. Yes, I work in an agency here in Louisville. It's a nonprofit owned by Jennifer Frommeyer. It's called Dreams with Wings. It's an agency that empowers adults with developmental disabilities in the sphere of helping them with residential services, daily living skills, supportive employment, and community access services. So how are you doing with that? Are you making headway and helping them out? Oh, yeah. I'm one of their prominent advocates, mentors, and leaders. Uh, they kind of look to me for advice, new ways of getting things accomplished. Um, it's truly something that I have a passion to do. I don't look at it as a job or a career or something that, I, you know, I want to benefit from necessarily or reward. But just seeing how I make the individuals feel loved and considered um, and being able to help them develop new skills, be able to work jobs, become independent, make their own incomes, make choices to help with their healthy lifestyles, or even being safe in the community. Just being in a matter of working with them, ensuring that they feel equal, and doing what I can the best way possible. Most of the time that's within policy, so that's my focus. Wow, that's a mouthful. So you're going to do really great things in life, I'm sure. And we're looking forward to seeing your name in, in headlines and stars. Yes, yes, I hope so. <laughs> and, you know, one day I hope this will pay off, everything that I have done, um, for the benefit of others, not necessarily me. That's, that's a good way to go about life, my friend. You'll never be sorry and never be sad. And I'll make sure you get on the radio. Okay. All right. I'm walking on here. Now, listen, we were in a wonderful suite in the infield right on the finish line. We had the opportunity to see the race not only from the start but also the finish coming down the home stretch. The home stretch is the last quarter of the track after you make the turn into the home stretch and it is a tremendous race to watch and people are screaming and yelling and carrying on and efforts all over of course everybody is exhausted but we've had the opportunity to experience a piece of sporting history today and i'm talking with mariah another one of the folks that's working the festival here and she is also in college what are you doing in college mariah music therapy Okay, so now what do you do with music therapy? You turn music on and make people lay there and behave, or what? <laughs> Not quite. I heal people with music. <laughs> and how's it working out? It's working out great. And you're at the University of Louisville. Oh, Ohio University. Ohio University. Yep. I'm sorry. She's at the wrong school. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what year are you at Ohio? I just finished my junior year, so I'm going to be senior. Oh, boy, senior. Are you getting senioritis yet? Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. And what are you going to do when you gra- What will you do when you graduate? I will be a music therapist working with in hospice. Hospice in in Ohio, where? I don't know yet. We'll so you have to you'll have to apply you'll have to apply for a job. Yes, I will. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck. And I'm heading on down here talking to some of the other young folks that are working here today. We got Taya. Yes. Taya, Hi. what where are you at? What school? Atlanta Leadership College. Atlanta Leadership College. 
I've never even heard of that. Where the hell is that? It's really small. It's it's like in a suburb next to Atlanta. Which suburb? Um, it's Norcross. I know Norcross. Really? Uh, yeah, I lived in Atlanta for several years. Have you heard of Victory World Church? Yes, I have. That's where my school is. So you're with the Victory World Church. So yes. this is a Christian-based group. Yes. Very good. And now, what do you do with the, your leadership skills? Well, I'm a first year at Atlanta Leadership College. <laughs> this is such a deep question. I wasn't expecting this. Okay. I'm a first year at Atlanta Leadership College, so it's more about personal development. So I'm learning how to be like a person of integrity and character and to call things out in people and to see things in myself and know how to fix them and stuff like that. Well, now somebody stole one of our mugs off of the table there. It wasn't you, was it? No, because I'm learning about integrity, okay? Okay, so integrity. So we're in a suite that costs a gazillion dollars to get a ticket in, and somebody took off with a you know, a 1095 mug that we bought. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, what the heck? Uh, what the heck? So when you get out, what are you going to do? Out of Derby? No, out of school. Oh, out of school? That's a long time. I don't know. I want to I wanna work for a nonprofit and fight human trafficking. Wow, that's that's a lofty goal, my friend. Yeah, but someone's got to do it, right? Well, I mean, there are people doing it, but I want to help them. Very good. Well, we wish you the best with that. All right, I'm moving on here. I've got Aisha. Aisha, where are you going to school? I'm going to Atlanta Leadership College. Wow, we've got a bunch of kids from Atlanta <laughs> Leadership College here. And how do you like it? It's nice. I like it a lot. And so this is part of the church-based organization, and you get a degree. Is this a bachelor's degree you get? Yes, I get, I'm working towards a bachelor degree in general ministries right now. So do you want to end up being a minister when you graduate? Um, I actually, after, this is my first year, so after this year, I'm thinking about transferring to a different school where I can study dance and worship arts specifically. Wow. And where would that be? Where can you do that? At Grand Canyon University in Arizona. That's a beautiful place. Have you ever seen the Grand Canyon? No. No? No. Oh, it, it's it's. One of the great wonders of the natural wonders of the world. It is breathtaking. You walk up to the rim of the of the Grand Canyon and you can't believe it. You just can't believe it. And you look at it and you say, that doesn't look that big. And then somebody says, it's 20 miles to the other side. That's a very, very long way. And it's several hundred miles long. Wow. And you know the river that cut that and made that? No. The Colorado. The Colorado River? The Colorado River. Wow. And you know where the Colorado River empties into, where the mouth of it is? No. It's into the Gulf of, uh, actually, it's into uh, into the Gulf of, uh, of the Sea of Cortez uh, between um, Baja, California, and the mainland of Mexico. How do you know all that? I don't know. I just read, and I don't have anything to do at night, and so I study. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it teaches you a lot. So, so you're going to be a, a, a great leader at some point, and a clergy woman, and a singer, and a dancer, and yeah. oh boy! All right, well, when you make it, let us know. All righty. All right, I'm moving on here, looking for more folks to talk to. And I'm at the Derby today with my good buddy, Dr. Ernie Ranke, and Dr. Ranke and I have had a fantastic time here at the Derby. We have just really enjoyed ourselves, knocked ourselves out, and. I got to tell you, we were so exhausted last night that we just, we hit the sheets and didn't move. Ernie, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing wonderful. What a great experience this has been as my first derby. This is Ernie's first derby, and I, I strong-armed him into coming with me, and I think he's fallen in love with it. It's just a beautiful setting this time of year. 
Ernie, what do you do back in St. Petersburg, Florida? I do a little cutting and sewing. I'm an old general surgeon. Oh, boy. And you also do some vascular. I do at that. And you also do some bariatrics. I do at that. Wow. Oh, my goodness. What a man. So what are you going to do when you get home with all the money you've won? Uh, work a little harder. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Dr. Ranky and I have not won any money today. <laughs> well, we did a little bit, you know, but uh, but we also gave some back. We donated a lot to the track, but we figured it's a charitable contribution. Absolutely. We've got to keep Churchill Downs up and running. You betcha. This place is beautiful, so we wanted to keep looking good. Unbelievable. And this is the 143rd Derby today. This is the oldest continuous sporting event in North America. It started in 1875. That was the first derby. But horse racing has been going on in the state of Kentucky since it was uh, a territory before it was even a state. And that was actually during the Revolutionary War that horse racing started in this great state. I'm now with Queen Isabel who is also working the event. Isabel, now you're also in school, right? Yes. Where are you at? I go to Ohio University in uh, Athens, Ohio. Athens? I thought that was in Greece. Some may think, <laughs> but uh, I sometimes wish, you know? So what do you do in Athens? What, what are you majoring in? I am majoring in communication studies and uh, outdoor and recreation education. And what are you going to do with it when you finish? I haven't decided yet. I'm really, I really want to be a camp director and work with kids outdoors all the time and things like that. So now how did all you college kids get involved with this situation? Is this something you're working as like at a job or is this volunteer or what? Um, so we're apart from different organizations and um, I'm a part of a campus ministry at my school called Chi Alpha and um, we get opportunities like this to, to come and work different events to raise money for mission trips or scholarships that we have for different events that we're going to throughout the year. Um, that way we don't have to pay out of pocket later. Um, it's just easier for us, and we get to hang out with really cool people. Well, I think so. I think so, too. I met Dr. Bill. You met uh, Dr. Bill, your radio MD. <laughs> I met Dr. Bill, your radio MD. All right, I like that. Now, you know, it's interesting to me that we have a bunch of kids from basically Christian uh, ministries who are working here, and, and yet here's all this gambling and drinking. What's this all about? Jesus hung out with gamblers. He hung out. He hung out with prostitutes. Um, Jesus didn't die for the perfect people. He died for the sinners, and that's who he loves. And he loves all of us. That's a good philosophy of life. I'll tell you that. Amen. 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 All right. <laughs> I'm going to move on and find somebody else to interview. Now I'm with Juan, who is one of the. Uh, I guess you're one of the supervisors here at this event. Yeah, I'm the event concierge. The event concierge, and who do you work for? Church of Downs. So you work actually, You're are you a subcontractor, or are you actually? No, we work actually for Church of Downs. So you're an employee of the racetrack? Yes, sir. And how have you found this derby? Has it been eventful or uneventful? Uh, it's been very eventful. <laughs> As for, especially from your position, because you <laughs> No doubt you've had a lot of headaches you've had to work out. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Put out a lot of headaches this weekend. Now, this is the first year that you've had the, the suite in the infield. No, actually the third year. Third year. And, and how's it been going? Have you been able to fill this up every year? Been filled up every year, sold out for the next three years. Three years? Well, how am I going to get in the lottery then? 
so at the end of two years, <laughs> at the end of two years, then um, every contract comes up for negotiation. Okay, so then you're here at least for another few years. Yes, sir. And how does the Churchill Downs treat you? Is it a good organization to work for? One of the best. And are they pay fairly and they have benefits? And Yes, sir. Full benefits, pay very well. Now, are they a publicly traded company or is this is this a privately held company? Uh, publicly traded company. And they have several racetracks? Um, they only have the one, but they have sev- uh, several different entities. So they have sub-corporations. Mm-hmm. Now, do they own Keeneland? No. So that's a separate entity? Yeah. Yes, sir. Now, are there any other racetracks that they're involved with? Um, not that I'm sure of. I don't think so. So, But they have, like, betting and different things? Yeah, they have a trackside betting and then um, Church of Downs Corporate. And now, the money that is uh, generated here goes to the corporate profits and then to the employee benefits and to the, the uh, executives. And it's, uh, it's a for-profit company. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the betting is paramutual, so the people bet against each other, and the downs just the, the racetrack just takes a percentage off of the top. I believe that's how it works. Very good. So you're happy with what you're doing, and so how were your guests today? Were we were we good? Yeah, we had excellent guests. We, no one was better than you, though. <laughs> All right, I like this man. I'm Dr. Bill, and I'm moving on down the street here. Hello. How are you, sir? Where are you from? I'm from uh, South Bend, Indiana. And what's your name? Gage. Gage, what are you doing here? Are you betting? No, I'm a uh, manager for the Food and Beverage Company. You're a manager? Oh, my God. So you're a subcontractor? Kind of, yeah. And how do you like your job? It's good. It's fun. I get to watch the uh, Kentucky Derby. And how do you like your, your guests? They are great. Fantastic. How about Dr. Bill? Dr. Bill's great. All right. I like Fantastic. that. Fantastic. Say that again. Fantastic. All right. I got that. All right. Who we got here? What's your name, sir? Roger. This is Roger. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Roger, what are you doing here? Uh, I'm just here as a fan. And, and where are you from, Roger? New York. And did you win or lose? Uh, lost a big time. <laughs> All right. Roger looks a little depressed, so I'm not going to take too much of his time here. But, Roger, you know, it's just an event that's full of fun. And it's. Have you been here before? Uh, yes, it's my fifth time. So win or lose, it's still a blast. It, it is. It's really a lot of fun. So are you headed back tomorrow or when? Yeah, we're going to go uh, back late tomorrow. We're going to go to Four Roses uh, Bourbon Distillery during the day and then, uh, you know, fly back to New York. Four Roses is a distillery here in Kentucky, and you can take a tour of it, just like you can take a tour of a vineyard or any other uh, uh, alcoholic beverage company that actually produces and has uh, an exhibit that you can walk through. We did that for Heineken's when we were in um, Amsterdam. It was really pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, I love coming here. I mean, I've done the tours before. If I could stay here a couple extra days, I would, but got to get back, got to work. What do you do? Um, I work for a, actually, radio company, believe it or not. Which one? Sirius Satellite Radio. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you do? I do operations production for all of our festivals. Very good, very good. So another radio geek here. I love it. And I'm moving on down the road here. Nice seeing you, bud. Good luck next year. Thank you. I'm now talking with Lauren. Hello. That's Lauren. Lauren, what are you doing here? I am serving at the Kentucky Derby. And in what capacity? Uh, we've been food runners. We've been servers. We have done it all. 
So are you with the, the company or are you one of the volunteers? or? Uh, no, we're just with the temp program, so uh, just temp staff. There's temp staff all over the place here. And you're in school still? I am. I'm a college student trying to pay off my tuition. Now, where are you at college? Where are you in college? I go to Atlanta Leadership College. So you're also part of the Atlanta Leadership Group that's here. The, the, this is a Christian-based school, right? Yes, sir. And now what are you going to do when you get out? What are you, what's your major now? Um, I'm going into full-time ministry, so I'm going to be in an internship next year. So you're a senior? I am a sophomore right now. Oh, you're a sophomore, but then you do an internship. Which in, would be a third year. Yep. Which would be a third year for you. Now, when you get out, will you go in, will you want to be a minister at a, at a church or a parish, or how would that work? Yep, so um, as a third year, I'm going to have to pick um, where I want to go to in ministry. So right now I'm looking at uh, youth ministry, and then afterwards would work my way into a church. And is there any specific religion, or is this non-denominational? It's non-denominational. So I mean, you could set up anywhere if you had a following, yeah. So you could actually be like a leader in a, in a new church. Yeah, absolutely. And so where are you from originally? I'm from Naples, Florida, and then I moved to North Cross, Georgia, for the ALC. You know, I'm from St. Pete, Florida. Really? Yeah, we're Florida people. we got more Florida people here, too. I know. I talked to them earlier. Oh, yeah. Very Florida. good. You love Florida? I love Florida, but I love Atlanta. What do you love better, Florida or Atlanta? Definitely Atlanta, because I was born and raised in Florida, and I don't know, you just got to spread your wings and fly, go somewhere new. There you go. Now, Naples, that's a fairly well-to-do city. What did your parents do down there? Uh, my grandma's in full-time ministry. I live with my grandparents. So. Oh, wow. So you're also, you have the blood in you for this. You I come do. from a long line of ministers? I don't. No, she's just in full-time ministry, like on staff at the church. Very good. What church? Um, Destiny Church of Naples. Very good, my dear. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and I'm sure you'll do well. Thank you so much. You bet. Now I'm going to talk with uh, with a table mate of ours here. And what's your name, my dear? My name is Brenda Hart. Brenda, where do you live? I live in St. Petersburg by you. Uh-oh, we got another St. Petersburg oh. resident. Now, Brenda's got quite a tale to tell. She uh, has had some bad luck lately, and... Uh, you're living where, in government housing? Yes, I live in St. Pete because I lost my job and my movers stole everything I own. Not oh, fun. Oh, my God, and you're, you're divorced? Yes. And did you get anything in the divorce? No, actually I didn't. My husband was ill and he passed away and I didn't get anything, so I'm just kind of on my own. Now, he was a professional football player, you told me. He was. He played for the University of Louisville Cardinals and then the Miami Dolphins. And then he became a youth pastor, and um, then he became very ill mentally. And after that, he kind of just disappeared, which I didn't know why. And I just found out this year it was paranoia schizophrenia. Oh, my God. Now, tell me this. What did you do before you, you had all this misfortune befall you? You know, I really have to say, as bad as things have been, I've had an amazing life. I got to work in travel and tourism and met people all over the world. And actually got to go to the Derby with the governor before this, so it was fun. Which governor? Uh, it was the one before this one right now. Governor, I forgot his name, actually. He's a good governor, Governor, I forgot his name. <laughs> yes, he was <laughs> yes. a great governor. He was a great governor. We don't, we're glad we he didn't him. do, we, we loved him, he didn't do much, and we love him. <laughs> That's a good governor. There, there you go, you're a good governor. Well, thanks for talking but to I'm me. But I'm glad to know you live in the same city I do. That's very nice, and thanks again for sharing your table. 
Well, Dr. Bill's just such a nice guy. Dr. Bill's awesome. There you go. You heard it from firsthand from a table mate. <laughs> I'm talking with the number, another, another one of my table mates here today. What's your name, my dear? Candy Trixler. Candy, where are you from? Um, originally. Well, now, then, whatever. Now, then, Florida and Georgia. Florida and Georgia. <laughs> what part of Florida? Lake City. Lake City? That's close to the Tampa area, isn't it? About two and a half hours. Two hours. Well, that's north. Yeah. And so you're, where are you living now? In Georgia? Dublin, Georgia. Dublin, but you were in Florida before, right? Yes. What city? Uh, Largo. Largo. So Largo is just close to St. Pete. You're yes. in my neck of the woods. And what were you doing in Largo? My husband worked at the VA hospital at Bay Pines. Ah, where is he now? I'm the director of the VA hospital in Kentucky. <laughs> and so, but, but you guys are not together anymore then, if he's here and you're there. Right. Amicable or, or not amicable? Before? Not. Oh, no. <laughs> now, did you did you come out okay? Did he take care of you? Did the judge make him give you half and all that? I <laughs> <laughs> don't want to make his business public, but wasn't favorable for me. Oh, my. And so, in, and now in Dublin, are you working? No. What do you do? You just... um, I'm a writer. What do you write? Uh, novels and screenplays. And how's that going? Well, I've had some interest, but I'm a little stubborn because I don't want to change things. So. you got to go with the flow, girl. <laughs> so I might get desperate and decide to sell out to change things to get a job. Well, yeah, you know, the, the desperation is the mother of all sales. <laughs> so how would you enjoy the event today? Loved it. And what do you think of Dr. Bill, your radio MD? I loved your company today. Another satisfied customer here at the Kentucky Derby with Dr. Bill. So what are you going to do now? Where are you guys headed next? Uh, somewhere for dinner. Oh, yeah? Are you buying? Maybe, maybe a hot brown. We've done a couple of those. They have a different... If you don't know what a hot brown is, folks, it's a sandwich that we make here in Kentucky. It's turkey and gravy and bacon. What else is Everything it? Everything that we shouldn't eat. Everything that we shouldn't Every, eat. Everything that would send me to you. Anything that stops your heart, it'll, exactly. it's what you eat. You got it. All right, good talking to you, and I wish you luck. Bye-bye. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Millions of French citizens voting today in the country's contentious and historic presidential election. The nation is deciding between independent centrist Emmanuel Macron and Marine Le Pen, leader of the National Front Party. The latest polls indicate Macron will likely win. The Pakistani army says it's destroyed at least five Afghan checkpoints near the border between the two countries, killing 50 security forces. The Pakistani and Afghan armies have been clashing at the border crossing in southwest Balchistan province since Friday. President Trump says labor unions have an open door to his White House. He has welcomed the nation's construction trades. He's had ties with them during decades of building hotels and office towers. And several hundred people have honored the three dozen people who died. 
Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET, mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727-771-2795. That's 727-771-2795. My name is Leslie, and my daughter, Lucy, goes to Christian school. For years, Faith Talk 570 and 910 has been helping Bay Area parents provide their children with an affordable private Christian school education. You know, I went to Christian school growing up, and I had wanted Lucy to go there. As I've been going back to work and trying to ramp up, having the 50% off thanks to Faith Talk has been huge for us. That's right. At ChristianTuitions.com, you'll find a wide selection of private Christian schools in our area with half off the first year's tuition. It has been such a gift for her. She loves the people there, absolutely loves the teachers. They pray before each class. It's just been a blessing. Half off at ChristianTuitions.com may sound too good to be true, but it is true. Faith Talk is wonderful, and you all are considering a private Christian education and trying to really make it work. They can make it happen. Learn more and get half off your first year at ChristianTuitions.com. That's ChristianTuitions.com. Being there matters. And your United States Navy protects and defends America on the world's oceans. Around the globe, around the clock, Navy ships, submarines, aircraft, and most importantly, tens of thousands of America's finest young men and women are ready to defend America. When piracy threatens global commerce, when disaster strikes, or when called upon by the commander-in-chief, your Navy is there. When it comes to protecting and defending America, being there matters. And America's Navy is already there. Sun and patchy clouds for your Sunday, high 84 tonight, a moonlit sky, low 69. Plenty of sun to begin the work week on Monday, high 89. Tomorrow night, clear, low 69. Sunny Tuesday and warm, high 92. Wednesday, a full day of sun, high 92. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Chuck Ellis for AM860, The Answer. Oh, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. Tis summer, the old folks are gay. Well, the corn tops ripe and the meadows in the bloom. While the birds make music all the day. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. A little bit of Stephen Foster great 19th century songwriter and composer and that was my old kentucky home which is now the state song of of course the state of kentucky and we were at the 143rd running of the kentucky derby yesterday dr ernie ranky and i and we just had a ball and you heard some of the uh, little interviews i did in our suite didn't make it to the winner's circle this year but uh, i'll work on that for next year 
So I wanted to tell you that the winner, Always Dreaming, was again the favorite, or one of the favorites, and this is five years in a row that a favorite horse has actually won the Derby, which is not always the the rule, but has been for the past few years. And we should have heeded that because we left a little money at the track, as Dr. Ranke said earlier. We made a donation to help treat, keep the track open for a few more years. Well, I want to tell you a little bit about Kentucky and its history. It's a, a fascinating state. It was the uh, first state west of the Appalachians to be admitted to the Union, and it had actually applied for statehood before the United States Constitution had been enacted. When we were still a confederation, it had applied for statehood to the Confederation of uh, States, and the Confederation said, well, the Constitution's almost completed, and we're going to be a, a new government, a new formation, so why don't you guys wait till then? So we were the first state, we were the 15th state to join the Union, the original 13, and then I believe Maine or New Hampshire, one of the northeastern states, came in, <clears throat> and then we followed in the early 1790s. And we have had a rich history. Now, this area had been hunted by the Native Americans. Of course, no one's native to the Americas. We're all immigrants, some just a few thousand or tens of thousands of years earlier. However, it had been hunted. And when the French trappers, who were the first Europeans to see this area, came through, they said there were a few tribes living in and around the area. But uh, by the middle of the 17th century, it was pretty much uh, empty land except for hunting parties that came in. Now, Daniel Boone started his foray into Kentucky in 1769. The history of how this became part of Great Britain, England, and then eventually the United States is interesting. The French and Indian War, as we call it, in the United States uh, went on in the 1750s before we became a nation. And, of course, we fought with the British since we were a British colony. And it was against the French, and it was truly a world war. It involved three continents, and North America was one of the continents. And after the English had defeated the French in 1763, all the land that was in, uh, in contestion, that was being contested by France and Great Britain, uh, south of what we now know as Canada, was ceded to Great Britain formally. So everything from the Appalachian Mountains to the Mississippi River, <clears throat> from the Canadian border to the Gulf of Mexico and to the Atlantic Ocean, now belonged to Great Britain. And after that, Kentucky was more open for settlement, and that's when Daniel Boone who we all know historically is the great explorer, came into the state and started leading uh, settlers in. Some of the earliest settlers were Irish Catholics coming from Maryland, looking for a fresh start. The state's composed primarily of English, Irish, and German blood. It was a slave state back in the day, and at one time 25% of the population were African Americans who had been brought here for slavery. And after the end of the Civil War, a lot of the blacks moved out of the area for better opportunity and to escape the apartheid Jim Crow atmosphere in Kentucky. Although Kentucky went with the Union, it had a strong uh, Confederacy sentiment, and that remains today, and the state was essentially split. There was even a Confederate government in abstentia with uh, titulary capital here, I would guess. There was... 
there was one city in the state was actually declared the capital of the of the state and part of the Confederacy. And the Confederate flag even had a star for Kentucky. But the majority in the state's Senate and House voted to remain with the Union. So that made uh, that made for a very contested territory. There were a lot of small battles here. There were a lot of spies working this area because there were, there were North and South uh, sentiments. And Louisville became a center of, of a lot of spying during the Confederacy, I mean, during the Civil War between the Confederacy and the Union. And so even Louisville is split. It's, it's interesting to see the division in Louisville, how there are still Northern and Southern Union and Confederacy sentiments. I guess it's a testament not only to the emotional makeup of the state, but also to perhaps our, our intelligence level. But uh, I'm proud to say, though, that I came from this state and it's seen a lot of great things. We have uh, gave both the Union and the Confederacy of Presidents with Lincoln and with Jeff Davis. And we have had uh, many great senators and statesmen, including Henry Clay and Mitch McConnell, although some people would not agree with either one or the other. But they have both been big men in the Senate in their, in their respective centuries. So as the state was settled, and by the way, Louisville was a trading post that started by the French back in the in the 1600s, and it became a, a relatively important city for the United States before there were trains and automobiles because the interstate highway, when there were no trains and there were no roads, became the, the waterways. And Kentucky has the longest inland waterway of any state in the Union. The Ohio River uh, defines our northern border between Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois. And we touch seven other states around us. So this was a very important trading area. And all of the traffic coming from the upper Ohio River and the, uh, the feeders that make up the Ohio coming out of Pennsylvania became traffic routes for the importation and exportation of goods up and down the river between the interior states and the coastal states, uh, the East Coast states, and also all the way down to New Orleans and into the Gulf of Mexico and the, uh, the Caribbean Basin and South America as well as Europe. So there were a lot of exports that went out and down the Ohio and through the Mississippi River and in fact, where the Ohio and the Mississippi River meet at the tip of Kentucky, the western tip, the Ohio River is the bigger river, but the explorers came down the Mississippi from, from uh, I guess, from the Wisconsin area, and that's why it's considered a continuous river all the way from Wisconsin down to uh, the Gulf of Mexico. But the Ohio River was an important waterway, and the reason that it developed uh, at, at Louisville as a center of, of of movement was because there is a, a falls here. So you can't take a boat over the falls, especially if you've got a big river boat that's full of goods. And back in the 19th century, that's what you had. You had big boats and, and ships, uh, barges full of goods that was shipped up and down the river. So they would get to Louisville and they'd have to dock on the north side of the falls, unload everything, and wagons and mules would pull it around below the falls to another waiting ship, load it back up. And so we were essentially a big trading and, and uh, uh, transportation hub for the nation 
back in the 19th century before the trains came along. And that's how the city grew up. It's actually named for uh, Louis XIV, the Sun King, and he was the uh, 17th century French king who tried to conquer all of Europe like Napoleon and Hitler. And he called himself the state. They said, Your Highness, what is the state? And he said, I am the state. Fascinating man. So that's how Louisville got here. Louisville's the biggest city in the state. And the state also has Fort Knox. Everybody knows what Fort Knox is. That's where all the gold is kept, supposedly. All the gold that the United States has as uh, backing its currency, the bullion, the big gold bars. And it's a, a, a... a great place to visit. Of course, you can't get inside of Fort Knox, but the, the fort used to be the home of the uh, armored division of the U.S. Army. I think they've moved that now. They even had the General George Patton Museum there and all the tanks from World War II and a couple of World War I tanks and some of the newer tanks, both Russian and American. And that was a fun exhibit to see if you like that sort of thing. If you don't, then don't go see that. But I, I think they moved that along with the the headquarters of the Armored Cavalry. Now, I grew up in Louisville and in Kentucky, and it's a, it's a very dichotomous state. We are the biggest producer of bourbon in the world. In fact, bourbon, the actual uh, name, is given only to whiskey that's produced in Kentucky from corn mash. And uh, there's 5% of the bourbon that's not produced in Kentucky that's been licensed to be able to put that name on the bottle. So we're one of the biggest distilling states in the Union, and yet 90 of 120 counties when I was a kid were dry. They didn't allow alcohol to be sold in the state, and you could even get arrested if you were caught in public drinking, if you, even if you weren't drunk. So go figure. We had all these distilleries, and you couldn't drink legally. Fascinating. But that's the way we are. We also had a big tobacco base in Kentucky, and this was the center of a, of a lot of tobacco trade and sales. And although we now think of tobacco as an evil thing that uh, harms us and causes illness and, and infirmity, in the 19th and a lot of the 20th century, that's what paid for kids' clothes out in the country because every family had a little tobacco base along with their, their uh, truck garden and their cows and their sheeps and goats. And Kentucky still remains one of the largest cattle states in the Union. It's fertile ground. There's a lot of limestone here. And so we have the bluegrass, which has kind of a bluish-green hue to it when the wind blows it a certain way. And then the center of the state, that's the area that the, the settlers first saw and, and, and named the state the bluegrass state because of the color of the grass, which is a result of the limestone and the various minerals and nutrients in the soil here. And it's also become a a great state for raising not only cattle, but also racehorses. And the limestone uh, adds a lot of strength to the bone because it's got a lot of calcium in it. And there's a lot of uh, rich, fertile soil that produces high-quality vegetation for the animals to graze on. And so we have become the horse capital thoroughbred horse capital of the United States and really of most of the world now. The Keeneland Sales, another racetrack in Kentucky and Lexington, hold annual auctions of the racehorses, the yearlings, and some of these horses can go for a million dollars. A million dollars for a one-year-old horse, that's a lot of cash. And not all of them pan out to be money-making thoroughbreds, as, as we know.
So we saw yesterday in some of the lesser uh, known races, some of the races leading up to the the Kentucky Derby, we saw horses that had been purchased for $100,000 when they were a year old, and their their earnings were not even at that yet, so they hadn't even paid for themselves. So it's a, it's a interesting and fascinating, and it's also a very tricky business because you can buy a horse and not make anything off of it. People buy the racehorses to put them into the races to make money. That's the way it works. So we became the 15th state in 1792. We were split during the Civil War. We have given some of the greatest senators of the nation to the Senate body, Henry Clay in the 19th century, Mitch McConnell in the 21st century, and we've had a vice president or two. Uh, My mother was on the President's Council on Youth and Child Welfare during President Truman's term, President Eisenhower's term, and President Nixon's term. And I have a letter from then-Vice President Alvin Barkley, who was first the governor of the state of Kentucky, and then the vice president under Truman, and he wrote a nice letter to my mother apologizing that he could not make the breakfast meeting she had uh, put together, coordinated, and uh, sent his best wishes on the vice presidential letterhead with his personal signature typed by his secretary and an old typewriter. I'm sure the kids today don't even know what that is, but that is a really thrilling piece of history to have in the family. And we're real proud of mom for having accomplished so many great things in her life and have having been a great proponent of the state of Kentucky. And she set up a lot of well baby uh, and uh, neonatal prenatal clinics in the state and parts of the state, some of which had never seen a real doctor. So she did good things for the state. Uh, Zachary Taylor was one of our presidents in 1849. He was a hero of the Mexican War, and he was the 12th president of the United States. So we've given not only Abraham Lincoln, but also Zachary Taylor as presidents, and of course the Confederate president, Jefferson Davis. We were the eighth most populated state in the nation in 1850. There were almost a million people here, most of them in the Louisville area. Louisville was one of the biggest cities in the country in the 1850s because of its position at the falls of the Ohio. So you can see how important the inland waterways were to trade and to travel and and every aspect of life in, in the United States prior to trains and automobiles. So we march on, and we have seen... A lot happened within the state over the past 250 years, 300 years. Probably one of the most significant things that happened in the, 20, in the first half of the 20th century was the establishment of the Tennessee Valley Authority. Now, those of you who don't live in the TVA area are saying, what the heck is the Tennessee Valley Authority? This was a program started to dam up the many rivers that are in Kentucky and Tennessee, and Kentucky has the largest inland man-made lakes east of the uh, Mississippi. We have the two largest, one by area and one by volume, Lake Kentucky or Kentucky Lake and Lake Cumberland. And I've been to both. Beautiful areas to 
to vacation. Now, I know there are a lot of people that say we shouldn't have dammed up these rivers, but at that time we did it so that we could have hydroelectric power, we could have electricity, and provide electricity to a lot of the rural south that had never seen a light bulb before, much less uh, an, an outlet. So this was a, a, a great thing for the people in the rural areas of Kentucky and Tennessee and some of the surrounding states, that finally they had some modern conveniences, modern at that time meaning electricity and a light bulb instead of a, uh, an oil lamp. And you say, well, why didn't you just keep using the oil lamps? Well, they smell, and if they fall off the wall, they can start a fire, and you got to light them, and you got to put them out, and, you know, it's a headache, whereas a flip of a switch, and you've got your light bulb on, and it's a cleaner way to, to create light. Uh, you use less energy and have more convenience. And so that was a good thing. So the Tennessee Valley Authority created some of the biggest lake systems in the United States uh, here in Kentucky and also created a lot of electricity. And by the way, that electricity that was created by the Tennessee Valley Authority dams and hydroelectric plants powered the helped to power the creation of the first atomic bomb and the nuclear reactors that we now use to generate electricity. About 15 to 20 percent of our electricity in the United States is uh, produced by nuclear power plants. So we can't, we can't argue with that. That was a good thing. We can rethink whether or not we want to keep all these dams. But from my perspective, it has helped make Kentucky what it is today, a modern state in every way. And that is just one aspect of our state, of the rich history and the rich economics that we have provided to the country. We also have one of the most extensive park systems, not only in the city of Louisville, but in the United States. Uh, by area, we have one of the highest percentage of park systems of any state in the country. We have national parks, we have national historic grounds, we have national forests, we have dozens of state parks and forests and reserves, and we are so blessed with natural beauty and wonder. And Red River Gorge is uh, one park that I, I can just, without any reservation, recommend to you as a beautiful place to go hiking. Some of the nicest rock formations Anywhere in the United States, it's just a, a thrill to hike through there, and I've done that a few times, and I just I love that park. We also have the largest cave system discovered and explored cave system, not only of any state in the Union, but of anywhere in the world, as far as we know. This is a tremendous cave system. It goes under the Mississippi River, and there was a team that actually went from southern Kentucky underneath Kentucky, the southern part of Kentucky, Tennessee, under the Mississippi River, and came up in Arkansas. So it's it's quite a, a thing to see, and I've been to Mammoth Cave. That's also a national park. If you have not seen Mammoth Cave, it's worth doing once in your life. Now, we've had our own natural disasters as well. We had a nightclub fire when I was a kid in Southgate in northern Kentucky, which killed 164 people and helped change the national and state laws on fire codes and fire escapes and exits and how many doors you had to have and which way they opened. You know, it was not uh, mandatory for businesses 
and for public places to have exit doors that opened outward prior to the big nightclub fire in Southgate back in the 1970s when I was a teenager. Before then, the doors could open in. Well, you know, if you're trying to get out of somewhere and you've got a thousand people pushing behind you and you're trying to open the doors, you're not going to get them open. But if they swing out, well, that's a safety uh, factor and you can get people out. It also increased the number of exits that you had to have. It also increased the number of fire extinguishers. And uh, in newer buildings, you had to put in a fire extinguishing system in the roof, in the ceiling. And that's why we see all those little, those little water spouts hanging down in commercial buildings. It, it, it changed the way that we live because of this, this terrible accident that occurred in northern Kentucky in 1977. We were also the first state to allow 18-year-olds to vote, and I think that's part of our Constitution. So that goes back to, to the very beginnings of the United States, and most states did not have the right for kids 18 years old to vote. You had to be 21. So I was voting three years before all of my other friends outside of Kentucky. I think Alaska also adopted that as part of their state constitution, probably because they didn't have any people up there to vote. Kentucky has been a leader. I know that California has been a leader in social reform, but Kentucky has also been one of the leaders in social reform. Kentucky Education Reform Act, and you may say, well, we don't agree with all these uh, socialist reforms and all these educational reforms. Whether you agree or not, Kentucky has been at the forefront in a number of areas. Some of the famous people that have come from Kentucky or have been involved with Kentucky include the Clark brothers, George Rogers Clark, and his brother William Clark of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. And they're still George Rogers Clark's home here, right near where we're at here, a few miles away. And this was visited by his brother William Clark and Lewis Merriweather and uh, other great people of the era, of the age, the 1800, 1820, 1830 era, early on in our history as a nation. And we also had... George Rogers Clark, William's brother, fight the Indian Wars here, and he also fought battles in the Revolutionary War. And you say, well, I didn't know that there were any battles fought fought uh, west of the Appalachians. Yes, there were. There were some major battles and some important battles, and the one thing we did not want was the British bringing troops down from Canada and coming in the back door. So George Rogers Clark led troops against the British as they came down and their their Indian counterparts. And by the way, some of the animosity that had arisen between the colonials and then the young United States and the Native Americans had come because the Indians had sided in so, so much of the conflicts that the young colonies and then the young country had experienced had sided with either the French when the French were fighting the English and the colonies or the British when the British were fighting the young colonies trying to break away that the animosity stayed and that was carried forward. So, and it was on both sides. It was on both sides. They estimated 1500 Kentuckians were killed uh, by Indians in the early settlement days. And the Indians didn't even have any uh, tribes living in this area. They just considered their, their uh, ancestral hunting grounds. So that's a little bit about Kentucky. 21st century Kentucky is moving along, doing really well. Churchill Downs is upgraded. It's beautiful. 
come on up here and see the wonderful state of Kentucky, some of the prettiest land in the United States, and I can say that because I've traveled to every state. And I just am still thrilled by driving through the central part of Kentucky. Oh, my goodness. Well, Bill says we're getting close to the end of the show, and I want to thank my wingman, Dr. Ernie Ranke, for being with me today. What a dude. What a travel mate. And, Bill, I thank you for running that uh, that clip from the first part. And I'm out of here. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, and I'll see you guys next week. Adios, Bill. Well, all right now, gather round. Here we go. How about a come on into the auction room? The first item. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.